We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gets inside, left-handed, off the glass. Oh, what a sweet move. Giddy, tough spot, back door, what a pass, what a play. And Jada picks the pocket of Trey Young. He'll take it himself. This isn't Gart, you're listening to the Uncontested. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Weekly Show, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host this evening, J.D. Silva, joined by a couple of fellows. The first one being Jacob Niffin. What's up? What's up? Second one being Nicholas Crane. Why am I always second? <laughs> Just Is your legal right name here. actually Nicholas? Yeah. Hell With yeah. an H. I didn't know that. Yeah, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. That's right. That's dope. My like uh, Jacob is actually my... Middle name. My full name is John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> uh, no, it's John Jacob <laughs> the Jingleheimer Schmidt. I thought it was J. De Silva. No. Oh. First name is J. Last name De Silva. No middle. It, Taylor typed no out Jada Silva last week, and I was like, Who, "Who's that?" <laughs> Different person. Third person. Uh, before we get totally into the show, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating uh, if you have not done so already. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, etc. Boys, it's the last show, last main show. Wait, are we doing a show on Sunday? Sunday is Christmas Eve. We are not podcasting. It is Sunday Christmas night. Eve. That's really weird. Last flagship show before Christmas. We have post game tomorrow night. Holy Santa Claus shit. Got to play that while I can. We got a post game tomorrow night after the the Clippers game. Uh, I will be on that one. It'll start a little bit later because I will be at the game. So I got to get home before I pod. Mm -hmm. It is a solo show. So I need the chat to come in uh, full force. So I I have some questions that I can answer. We are not giving Taylor a solo show on Christmas Eve, (laughs) Curtis. That will not happen. Oh, God. Uh, At the two and a half hour mark, Taylor would be reading "Twas the Night Before Christmas" live on the, the show. Ha- At the halfway point, it would be Christmas. 
<laughs> it's a two-parter. Uh, that should have been a bet. It was the night before Christmas. Um, okay, we're talking about some trade rumors that have uh, drummed up about the Thunder. You, I guess you can't be the second seed for too long until more trade rumors appear. Uh, we're going to talk about the Clippers game tomorrow and go around the association at the end to give uh, to talk through some Christmas wish lists for NBA teams. wonder what the Pistons will want. All right. Anything? Maybe anything. Maybe for it all to end. Maybe that. Jeez. Uh, let's talk through some trade rumors. And to do that, we have to play this sounder first. Now that's a lot of slop. It's been a while. Actually, it hasn't been that long. Like, I think I might have played that on Sunday. Can um, you give us a live? That's a lot of slop. Now that's a lot of slop. There we go. <laughs> Sounds identical. Beautiful. Shit. Um, okay, so Jake Fisher, uh, who has drummed up rumors about the Thunder before. I don't remember all of them. I feel like he may have been the guy to say we were that the Thunder were trying to trade for Mobley or maybe trade for Cade and SJ was involved back in that mm-hmm. uh, era. He uh, said on his podcast, um, it would be a Sports Illustrated, I should say, uh, quote, I'll tell you, every rival executive I've spoken to, they are 100% prepared for the possibility uh, for OKC to do that, and that is make a, a big trade. Um, SGA is a legitimate MVP candidate. Chet Holmgren, to me, is easily Rookie of the Year. There's too many people expecting the Thunder are going to sniff around with all their draft picks. This is such a great opportunity for them to add someone to this right now. So I want to ask, we'll just start with that one first, I think. I wanted to ask you guys, do you actually think there's truth behind this? Or is this just GMs doing the thing that they often do, which is like, oh, all signs must point to this because that's how most GMs think, and therefore it's likely to happen? I think Nick would double down on this with me. You have to consider the source and who is giving the information. The wording in this is rival GMs are prepared for the Thunder to make a push and go make a big trade. If somebody, if I was a GM of a team and somebody called me, I would say, yeah, there's a chance OKC could make a trade. They're good. They have a lot of assets. Like they are a prime team to make a deal. The report wasn't rival GMs have said they are getting calls from Sam Presti, who is actively looking to make a trade. They said, um, Jake said that rival GMs believe the Thunder could be a team to pull the trigger. I think that's like, it's not nothing, but it's such a no shit comment. Like, of course, other teams think the Thunder could make a deal. You're looking at a team that's young, second in the West, and with more draft picks than they know what to do with. That's a team that can make a trade. So that's just like, to me, that's common sense. We didn't need a report for that. I do agree with you. I'll start there. Um, the The source of this rumor, slop, report, whatever you want to call it, is certainly not coming from OKC. I think the verbiage is very clear on that. Um, the only reason, if this was any other year, I'd probably just say, yep, Jacob, agree, let's move on. The only difference this year is rival GMs believe OKC could do this, right? We've also heard more reports than maybe ever of the Thunder being tied to players and traits, which I think we'll probably get to on some of these other slop segments. So I may save commentary on that. 
Um, but given rival GMs say the Thunder could do this, while we're also hearing reports that are definitely not coming from OKC, also coming from other rival GMs that OKC has expressed interest in some of their players, um, maybe there's some merit to it. Like maybe maybe they're not expected to make a move, but maybe there is reason for them believing they could if Sam Presti's actively making calls to it to improve the roster. Right. So I think it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit here and change tunes on, Oh yeah. Now, now we're confident. OKC is going to go all in at the trade deadline. But I think it does double down on the fact that OKC is exploring probably high leverage in their favor opportunities. They're not going to make a trade that bad for them. Like they're not desperate. They're not going to go impulse trade, but Sam's scouring the market to see if they can get a low, like a buy low deal on somebody that guy will talk about probably here in a little bit. So um, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. And we can kind of lead on to this uh, second headline I wanted to bring up from the ringer. I think it was, I believe it was Kevin O'Connor wrote a whole story. I uh, went on one of the podcasts and Bill Simmons reiterated it. So just a larger media presence talking about this one. Um, essentially the premise of that article was, is it finally time for Oklahoma city to push chips in? And he, pitched hard like the Lowry marketing thing the Wendell Carter thing and that to me feels uh different and uh not realistic based on everything Sam Presti has said um like Nick said it would not surprise me if Presti was looking for uh like buy low deals or deals that make sense um for the Thunder like they're not going to go overpay I don't know why Presti would feel the need to overpay for anyone right now that there's no reason to do that the team they're the second seed like let them be the second seed without shaking things up um i think the i think the kevin o'connor stuff is like pretty pretty insane like i i don't why would they go trade for like the name he brought up was lowry marketing was the big one that doesn't make any sense to me really like you're trading for a guy like where would you guys put lowry marketing if, if they traded for him in the pecking order at that point? see i i think the fit of lowry marketing actually makes a ton of sense for this team Yeah, with one caveat and that is that I mean, how many shots does Lowry take a game now? 17, 18? 19, uh, somewhere around there? For the Utah Jazz, I think Nick is uh, doing the research for me right now. Takes, um, where is, hold on. Well, Nick gets that. Like, a seven-foot guy who doesn't need the ball to score is, is a dominant off ball score. How many? 16, 16, mm-hmm. who is a dominant off ball scorer, uh, who is very efficient, who can really go and rebound for you. Like that fits a lot of what this team needs. My worry with Larry Markinen, he's an all-star. He may be an all-star again this year, although he's missed some games. If you traded for him, my assumption is that Laurie is coming in. Is that Laurie? Lowry? Depends who you ask. I think I'm it's Lowry. Call, I'm just going to call him Markinen. You tried for Markinen. Marky Mark. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> I would assume he comes in thinking, I'm coming in to be Shea's sidekick. Yeah. And that's yeah. not what this team needs. And if you were trading for Cleveland Markinen or Chicago Markinen, you could slide him into that fourth role third role. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can now. It's like you've already opened up the box. I think the saying is like you can't put the toothpaste back in the bottle. Yeah. Right? You've opened up Pandora's box. It's so much easier to get somebody who's on smaller volume 
and help them expand their game than it is to get somebody whose game is expanded and get them to cut it back. Yeah. And that's wherein the issue with Laurie Markkinen lies. A lot of Thunder fans would say, oh, you should go get him anyways. He, it's okay if he's the second best guy on the team. You need to do absolutely nothing that has even the, the inkling of shortening the developmental curve of Chet and Jada. Yeah. Like that is your priority. Those, I think I'm still of the belief that those three guys, Shea, Chet, Dub, are going to be your three best players. So you need to go find, if you're making a trade, a guy that's your fourth or fifth starter, a guy that's a sixth man type of player. You don't need to, to hamper the other guy's development. And I feel like if you bring in Laurie and he needs to shoot 16, 17 times a game, those shots are coming from a Chet and a J-Dub and others. And I think you should be expanding those two's roles and not limiting them. Yeah, and to to maybe um, think longer term, I, I agree with you. Chet and J-Dub with today's roster are your second, third best player long term. Um, ideally, they develop into guys that are good enough to be second and third best players. And if you do trade for a star that ends up being your second best player, you have two guys that are productive enough to be second and third options that are actually being your third and fourth options, like longer term uh, to, to kind of hone that in a little bit. The report, I don't even got reported the, the floated asking price for marketing is, is like Rudy Gobert, like five firsts five first. and, and a good young rising player and a couple of flyers that are salary filler, AKA bonkers, trade package you only as much draft capital as sam has you only get like one of those kind of swings is now the right time probably not i agree is marketing an awesome fit yes but are you convinced with how often the nba turns over and how often superstars request out and how often things change in the landscape of this league are you ready today to push that button and make your the big swing trade we've talked about for a couple of years now on Markinen, who was like a mediocre player that came into his own on a crappy Utah Jazz team last year, made his first time all like and would be the oldest of this group. He's yeah, twenty seven. Like, like, and he's been good this year. But are you convinced that Markinen is an like a a perennial all star for that asking price? I'm not pulling the trigger. I, like I totally I, if. And if I'm Danny Ainge in Utah, the conversation starts with J-Dub. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just, and I'm not doing that. Instant yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just still think that when the Thunder make that splash trade, it's going to be a holy crap, this team. It's, it's like Dame to Milwaukee. It's like, okay, this team was already really good and just added like a like God tier player. It's not going to be. You think so? Yes. I'm not convinced that's the trade still. Like in two or three years? In three years. What if it's okay? So, you Man, know that alternate reality that Thunder fans could nearly had where Cam Durant was reportedly going to stay. They had Al Horford on the phone. They also had already made the Oladipo trade. It was going to be an insane roster on top of the Ibaka, Russ, KD. Yeah, Robertson, that starting lineup was going to be like Russ. 
Robertson, KD, Al Horford, Stephen Adams with Oladipo yeah. as your six man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, and they still have the assets to make the Paul George trade from from that standpoint. So I think that is maybe that is the reality in some form that Sam is chasing three, like Nick said, three years down the road, they wanted to do something nuts. I mean, why, like ru- why rush? So I right. don't, I don't forecast any of these guys I'm about to mention ever being available for trade, but the Luka Doncic, the Jason Tatum's, the like that caliber of player where it's can, like, can, can I put a name in that group? Throw it in. And again, no, we're, <clears throat> We're not reporting anything, obviously. We're just spitballing. But lo- looking at the situation and looking at what their future outlook is, which is pretty damn bleak. Is Devin Booker that guy in like two years? So throw him in the mix. Like that type of player. Like we're talking those types of guys might, especially with like in, like inflation's a real thing in the NBA too. Like as as trade packages get bigger and bigger, like Nobody was getting traded for five draft picks a decade ago. Now it's like the norm for a star. We're talking like any of those caliber of players get on the market and you're talking like a record-breaking package for that kind of player. That's why you accumulate a billion draft picks. It's not to pull the trigger three years early on marking in an overpay for them. It's like when this superstar level player comes available, quite literally nobody can match your offer. I think... Not that that would ever happen. Like, I don't think Tatum, Booker, Luca, that kind of guy ever hits the market, right? But if they do, how pissed would you be if your cap is strapped and you gave up all that shit for Larry Markinen? It's just, it just doesn't feel right at, at that price, right? If it comes out two weeks from now that the price is two firsts and Giddy and Trey Mann, sure, that's a completely different story. Um, but you also got to pay Markinen. He's he's due for a max contract, which is a yep. whole another wrinkle of the equation. All that to say, with what we know today, ain't worth it. Totally agree. And Silva, you may be getting into this in a second. So if I'm jumping the gun, stop me and we can wait. I think if they were to make some sort of splash this year, it is to get a guy that fills a role for this team that is like at best, like your fifth guy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And there, there's like, there's names we can talk about. Yeah, well, let's talk about them. That's the that's next on the docket. We could talk about any names you feel like would work there. But like Give to your- wrap up, to totally wrap up that last point, how many teams have we seen recently, historically, make that mistake that Nick just illustrated that the Thunder likely will not make, which is pushing your chips in too early? That is, doesn't seem like something that Presti will do, nor should he do, because you have to wait until. It feels like the Hawks and the Cavs are the most recent examples, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes, especially especially in a market that uh, isn't the most attractive, like mm-hmm. Oklahoma City. Like not to crap on Oklahoma City, but no, it's just reality. The, the, hey, the majority of athletes would rather live in we'll Miami see, or we'll California. We'll see what kind of shit you're saying whenever they build the 134 <laughs> story uh, <laughs> apartment complex. All right, the Chet three Tower. times three times the set. They better call it the Chet Tower. Three times the size of the largest building in the city. Bam, bam. We're calling the 129th floor the Miami floor. <laughs> uh, Devin Tower already sticks like a sore thumb. That would just be... Yes. Um, yeah, the reality is Oklahoma City is not like the most attractive place for a multi-million dollar athlete, superstar, celebrity to live. Um, and, and we're seeing similar things in Cleveland. Not that Donovan Mitchell wants to leave because it's Cleveland, but you really mortgaged your future for a guy that probably will be in New York in the next six to 12 months. Yeah. That's a trade you make. You have to know that the guy's like cool with actually signing an extension. And it seemed like, mm-hmm. it seems like they didn't totally do that. I don't know. Obviously. I mean, to be, to but, be real, Oklahoma mm-hmm. city did make that trade. Yeah. With Paul George. Fortunately, he re-signed and was traded and Shea Gilgis Alexander kicked out the rebuild. There's an yeah. alternate reality. You want to talk bleak <laughs> where PG does not re-sign and walks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's this team today? But dude loved Definitely. fishing, dude loved Russ and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I look back to the first iteration of the Thunder whenever they made trades like the Kendrick Perkins trade. Like that was a substantial trade for a guy who filled a role for your team who I think ideally was going to be like your fourth or fifth best player. In reality, it, he was not that. He he was kind of cooked after the injury, right? I mean, before yeah. the injury, he was incredible for Boston. He just he lost the athleticism, you know. I that's what I'm looking at. A, a guy that fills a role, who can be your fourth, fifth, sixth best guy, because you're going to let the young guys grow up and do their thing. That's kind of where I'm at. Um. And I, I also, Sylvia, you said let's throw out some names. I also want to hit up the chat to throw yeah. out some names okay. that well, we can we discuss just, as well. We just got a, a, a dream name of mine that will likely Ooh. not ever come to be. Um, Trey Murphy. Oh Good God. God. That would be insane. Yeah, there's no way New Orleans ever moves off of him. No. I wish. That would be unbelievable. Could have had him instead of Trey Mann in that draft, right? Oof. Oh, that hurts. That's the perfect... Oof. Four. No one bats. No one bats. Is it a thousand or a hundred? Thousand. No one bats a thousand in the draft. It's okay. Yeah. Um, this is a basketball podcast. Let's. Nick, do you have any names you want to throw out? 
Um, I think like the like similar to Trey Murphy, this is a guy that would never happen. But I just think like the perfect like description of what you're describing is Nas Reed. Like, holy shit, this team would be bonkers with Nas Reed. Um, I almost want to throw this name out there as like a buy low. I don't know if you could buy low on this guy because I I think that the team he's on knows he's not as bad as he's been. But Grant Williams has been horrible in Dallas. I don't think they sell on him right after signing him. It's like a four-year deal, I think. I think it's, I think it's too early. Um, but if you could get him for a relatively decent price, I just think he, he could do a lot of things. If you guys, I don't know if you guys remember this, but during the playoffs last year, I was tweeting a lot about how Grant Williams kind of fits the mold of this Thunder team. Yeah, I don't think they move off of him so quickly. Yeah, I don't think they would either. Yeah, no. Just trade him uh, Davis back. I mean, the one game he's played against Dallas. Cooked him. Cooked him, so. Yeah. Latvian laser! <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think a, a dream scenario for a lot of Thunder fans, and it's probably never going to happen, is Mikhail Bridges. Golly. Yeah. I that, that, see, here's a question: Would you rather trade that Godfather package for Markin or Bridges? Oh, Bridges, and Bridges, same. And that is exactly my point: is the NBA same age as so fast? Twenty-seven. There's, there's going to be guys better than Markin for the same price. Uh, let me ask you: Is, this is there a Bridges. reality where Brooklyn in a year or two is moving off of Bridges? Yeah, they seem so. like an they have all the franchise. Right? They seem like an antsy franchise. They don't have all the picks. They traded all them to Houston. Oh, God, you're Harden. right. Did they get? They got some back from. But then Philly? they got a ton back from Philly and from Phoenix. Yeah. They so they have, have their, picks. Just they don't their have own. their own picks. So botting them out and tanking doesn't actually help them, which is the doesn't only reason help. I think they might stay decent. That's true. Um, shit, he might even be older. But what about the other uh, Suns transplant that is currently in Brooklyn? I thought you were going to say what about the other Bridges? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> We don't want. Those I think problems. he's older, but what about the other bridges? No way. <laughs> the the one that literally can't go across the yeah. border, Toronto. Yeah, that Canada insane. will not let him cross the border. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, the other son's transplant in Brooklyn, Cam Johnson. I mean, he's awesome. He's not necessarily like the defensive guy you want, like in the next play next to Chad, but he is awesome. He's about to be twenty eight. Yeah, he, he came in really, really, really old. That's why I was shocked yeah, he was drafted so early. Remember Kobe wow. White in that draft interview? Yep. was like, they took Cam? <laughs> Cam Johnson, career 40% three-point shooter. He's 6'8", 210. Kind of slide into that power forward role for you. Yeah. Kind of uh, fits about, a role. About to be 28. What an old bastard. I know. Here, here's a name I don't love, but I think Thunder Twitter likes a little bit, is Kyle Kuzma. See... Mm. I'm not in on Kuz. How old is Kuz? I know who you're in on. Just let us know which of his teammates would you like, Jacob. <laughs> I, it just it makes two. Kuzma is also 28. Um, also, just an ugly bastard, um, <laughs> and just doesn't get that time. I think stamp. what the Thunder want to do. If you're calling Washington, you just you got to call about Denny. Yeah, I think it makes too much sense, man. Like, we, we can... does Washington during this rebuild want to pay a role player? Maybe, maybe not. He's 22. 
He's younger than J Dub. Wait, Denny's twenty two. Yeah. Denny, let me I feel pull like it he up. He should be twenty five at this point. Denny is twenty. Oh, he's about to be twenty three. Okay. He's twenty two, three hundred and fifty one days. Would it be weeks or months before we have a Denny's shirt, just like the breakfast <laughs> days? Could be days also. That would be incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I what, have one. What the fuck is up, Denny? <laughs> oh, God. I've got one. Print the shirt. He's poison-pilled, so it's hard to move move for him right now. But, I mean, the dude makes 15, 15 mil next year, and it decreases over the next four years. You don't have to worry about signing an extension because he's under contract for four more years. He's a big wing. He's good defensively. He's not taking shots from Chet and J-Dub. He's a good ball mover, a good passer. Like, I was high on Denny in that draft. I think he would fit so well with this team as, like, a, a, a bench big wing or a spot starter big wing. I don't know how much you'd have to give up to get him. Like, could you offer Washington a couple of firsts and salary matching to get it done? Can we uh, get Kispert also? Kispert's really good. He's good. Um, here's one that is more of a short-sighted deal. And I think this would have to be like OKC's two in the West at the deadline. And it's like, we can get this guy for one first-round pick. Let's just do it. Um, I'll let you guess. He's a guard, which I don't think anybody thinks OKC needs to trade for a guard. But playoffs, like, as good as Queso is, and we trust him, and he's like this super advanced, like well above his years type player. Playoffs is a different animal. Um, this guy is a guard and is maybe the most recent member of the 50, 40, 90 club. Brogdon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't, I don't like, again, OKC does not need a guard necessarily. Um, but you think about like super efficient, doesn't need a ton of shots. Like last year in Boston, he took 10 shots a game. This year in Portland, he's taking 13 shots a game. Um, averaging five assists. Decent rebounder for a guard. Super efficient. Team player. Solid defender. Like, Sounds like Barack Obama. I, I, don't, I don't think he's a guy that you trade more than one protected 2028 20, random team first for. But if that's the price at the deadline of the two seed... Why not? Are you just jet it like uh, sending Meatsitch into orbit at that point and just see you later? Meatsitch might else? be the guy in the trade. I think if, True. yeah, and I think if that happens, um, I think if that happens, that'd have to be a scenario where Josh is just like a 15 minute of the night kind of guy never closing. Which yeah. Happen. That Which one's happen. just like, that one's a very short sighted move. It is because he only has, I think, two years left on his deal. Yeah. And he's old. He's not old. 31? Is he 31? 31? 31 years old, yeah. Oh, my God. Where's time he, gone? Well, he was I like know. 23, I think, when he... Remember when he was on league. Milwaukee? Yeah. yeah. And we were all, like, super high on him? That was when he was 50, 40, 90. Um, here's 31. a name. And I think I mentioned this one to JD the other day. I mentioned to get Nick's opinion on it. I don't know what the trade would be. Maybe Josh would make sense in this deal. I don't know if that's like selling low on Josh. Um, but what about Keldon Johnson? No. Oh, okay. That was a short conversation. I 
I think that Keldon Johnson, this is my this is my real opinion. It could be completely off base. I think Keldon Johnson playing for Team USA like put him on this pedestal that he's like one of the best players in the NBA when he played for Team USA and it was the Olympics like 2018. That's uh 20 God. 2018 was a long ass time ago. I just I just think if you if you were to scour Spurs Twitter or like talk to Spurs people that we've had on pods in the past and stuff, like no one really loves Keldon Johnson or thinks he brings like like Vassell is more exciting. Like Oh yeah, they're not moving off Vassell though. No, no, no. But I'm saying like Keldon Johnson's this weird, like he played kind of wing power forward for a little bit, and then you look at his his biometrics and he's like six, five. And you're like, Oh, I thought he was bigger than that. And he's not a yep. good defender. Like I, I just he was. don't know what he brings. Yeah, that's fair. He, he feels like, and he got the same contract as him. He just feels like dort. He kind of feels like he's not as high upside J dub to me. Oh, not even close to J dub. Um, like I, I think, I think 20, he's 24. He's under contract for four more years. It's a descending contract. He's just, he's, he's literally Dort. Like not the same player, but like the same, like, yeah, he'd be cool to have, but like, okay. Just doesn't what move is he the great at? Yeah, yeah. What, like he's, he's just, he's just not, he's, he's a, he's a starting caliber player in the NBA. That'll always be the fourth or fifth option, which is what you described as the Thunder. He, Eaton, but yeah, but do you need another six, five? I That's, think you want to, I think you want someone bigger. Yeah. He plays bigger, but I think you actually need somebody bigger. If the Spurs keep driving Sohan's value into the ground by making him play point guard, come on over to OKC. I was thinking about this the other day. Sohan is like the anti-Josh, where Josh is a really good passer, in theory can be like an offensive catalyst without scoring. He's a horrible shooter. Um, but can do a lot of offense. Sohan is like this really good defender, defensive playmaker, can like really increase your defense, but also can't shoot the ball. And like the same size, they're both like, let's try this guy at point guard. But like, he's actually more of a wing power forward because he's so big. It just feels like he's the defensive version of Josh that just can't shoot, has like all this theoretical upside, but will it ever come to fruition? Yeah, that's fair. Thank I God don't... they're both not in the thunder. <laughs> I don't think they'll move off of him anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. No, no. Any other names? I mean, do Uh, we mention the obligatory OG and Anobi? No. I I just think I like the fit. I think the fit is great. I don't think he he doesn't get in a bidding war. Any any player that you know there's going to be a bidding war on, Sam Presti's not in it. Sam Presti is going to trade for the guy where it's he has all the leverage. And it sounds like. a really bad time to negotiate with Masai Ujiri. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sounds like he is asking for way too much in every scenario, and that's why assets... They've been like trading for the last three years. Right. Yeah. And that's the, why the, Fred VanVleet walked for nothing. Yeah. Unrestricted free agency aspect is uh, right. worrisome. Like, does, right. he wanna, does he want to play in... Does he want to live in OKC? You, you would have yeah. to get uh, like a handshake yeah. before that trade could ever go through. Yeah. What... So same scenario for Pascal. I think Pascal is a much better player today, especially offensively. Um, I think if you're trying to win a championship today, I think you'd rather have Pascal. Like he's a all-star player. Like I think OG, obviously the defensive upside, like he's super, super, super good. Um, Pascal is like a legit 
all-star knowing he will likely walk very, very shortly after what would you give up in February? If the thunder, the two seed and they're like, like we fast forward two months. I mean, the trade deadlines in less than two months Mm -hmm. and we're like, do the thunder on a 55 60 win pace way ahead of schedule. They're actually a contender. Pascal Siakam's on the market. What would the package be like? What's that over under where you're like, ah, oh, that was too much. And then what's like, what was the most you'd get for him knowing you might walk, but you have a real chance of winning it all. That's so hard to say because it's a rental. It like is. you're saying, if it's a rental, right? You know, you, you know, it's, I mean, I don't think Pascal is going to resign in Oklahoma city and he's 31. Yeah, like, he can't shoot uh, threes anymore. So, you, you know, it's you a rental. Want... It's a, it's a, Holy shit, this team is actually a contender today. What about Trey Burton's at a couple of firsts? Masai, how about that? Probably not enough. I don't think it's have enough, to be like the, the question's not, not is it enough? The question's what's the most you're willing to give up? If that's that's, answer, about, that, that's, that's what about my it. answer would be. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the picks might have to be some of the lower end ones. Yeah. Like I'm not Which... trading like unprotected 2030 oh, no, no, picks. No, no. So it's it's a former first that the whole change of scenery that we always mm-hmm, talk about. Mm-hmm. It's salary filler that a guy that actually could help you in a couple of predict firsts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Where would you put it at? Um, would you go more or less? I wish he shot the ball well still. He did it like when Kawhi was there, but he's shooting 26% this year from three. I would go a little more. Okay. Like If, if I knew for sure, if Pascal straight up said, if you guys trade me there, I'm not re-signing. I think your package is, it, you're basically paying for rental and those picks yeah. have to be protected. Yeah. But if it was like, you don't know, like maybe he does re-sign on a three-year deal. I think he wants like a, a full long-term max. Um, I don't know. I think I would, I think I would flirt with the idea of, people are going to hate this. If you could reduce <laughs> the number of first-round picks, I would, I would, talk about Oos. I love Oos and I think he's going to be see a fun player, but like Oos's ceiling is Pascal. And if you come February decide holy shit this team is a contender, there's a real thing. Just like in the NFL, you try to maximize the window and your quarterbacks on a rookie scale deal before you got to pay right. and you can't put people around him. If you're like, okay, this team is a contender this year. We have 2 years so we got to pay Jadub, 3 years so I got to pay Chet. This is no, our window. Same same distance on both of those guys. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's the same draft concept. Class. I know. Um, I know. But like, you, like, you're like, holy shit, we have this window of two years that we can like pay all these guys because all of our stars are on rookie contracts besides Shea. I would consider Oos if there's he, a chance Pascal yeah. resigns for two to three years. He seems can like I a give, raptor. Can I give a mildly hot take? Mm-hmm. You guys know how in I am on Usman Chang. Yeah. Yeah. My worry level from July to now on Usman Jang and his long-term prognosis has gone up considerably. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Seems the like archetype is there. Still. there. There's a difference between being a ways away, like, oh, we can see it. We can see the flashes. He's almost there. I would feel so much better if he shot the ball like shit, mm-hmm. but tried to fist fight dudes while he was on the court. I am terrified that he is never going to get over the hump of being able to play aggressive physical basketball. Like it comes so easy for dub Mm -hmm. and for Chet 
Yeah. It's just like that's who they are. It is not who Usman is. And he's got to like get himself to the point to where he's willing to play that style. Yeah. And I just don't know if he can get there. <clears throat> so my my concern, I, I have similar concerns. Um, am I out on him? No, by no means. Yeah, same. I just, the concern level's gone up. Yeah, yeah. My concern with him is that Oklahoma City is very, 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 very proven to put young players, even rookies, in a position to be really good. Case and Wallace, really good. Chet Holmgren, really good as a rookie. Josh, really good as a rookie. Shit, Trey Mann, really good as a rookie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who still hasn't been like, good consistent he, he's shown flashes flashes but like the, the consistency and the just the physic they've been preaching physicality yeah. like nobody's business they're thumping yeah. the bible yeah. on physicality and he just doesn't have it dude and better or worse and there's a than... there's a play here and there where he'll get physical and i'm like oh there it is and then he goes in and tries to lay the ball up with the finger roll at, while he's 6'11 yeah. with nobody around him and misses it and goes to the bench for the rest of the game. I, I just, I worry that he does not have the dog in him. Yeah. And he is unable to get the dog in him. So, and in, I'll, 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 I think I have the answer to this question, but I want a sense check. I'm not asking you who has a higher ceiling or who you'd rather have. Who has accomplished more in Oklahoma City in their career? Trey Man or Usman Jang? Uh, Accomplished more in their career. Trey Man's played in bigger moments and had Trey bigger moments. And much more productive. Yes. He's had 30-point yeah. games. Think about that Boston game. Garden. I know. I know. It was huge. Uh, what? Who do you think was better in their year two, Poku or Usman so far? See, Silva, that's, that's, that's where I was going next. Yeah. It's like when Oklahoma City drafted Us, I was like, he's a project, but like, wouldn't shock me if he was a Paul George kind of player one day. Like, I, I, that was not the expectation. Right. But if he developed into that, like, he's got the tools and the size the and the yeah. shooting to be that kind of guy. Now I'm like, he's on the Poku track where it's like, can he be a jumbo role player? Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. that is concerning. And that brings up the question. I hate doing this because I don't want to like minimize these guys to just being like lifeless assets because that's not what they are. Mm -mm. But it legitimately brings up the question like, do you move off of him before the value drops? And that was, that was kind of the genesis of my Siakam hypothetical is like, even if he's hey, a I, rental, if you told me one of the, the lower end first round picks that they have and Jang for Avdia, I'm signing the dotted line as fast as I can. Really? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, but I, but I wouldn't like flame you for that take, which is which I would have last year. Mm -hmm. Shit, you probably would have in September. Yeah. After what we saw yeah. at a summer league. Yeah. He looked good. Yeah. So it's almost, it's it's just, it's, just, it's a situation where where are the minutes for him on a team that is the two seed in the West? It's not a situation mm -hmm. where Poku. He, he he was flying around doing whatever the hell he wanted for yeah. two seat two full. You almost seasons. wish he had Poku confidence. Oh yes, yeah. Poku. Yes, you know. Um, God bless. Hey, him. we're we're going really long in the trade talk. I know we need yeah. to add break and, and transition over. Yes, there has been like, I'm saying rumors in very big air quotes. Take that comment off the board. 
Hey, Oklahomans would love him. <laughs> There's been rumors of <laughs> Isaiah Stewart. Detroit has to do something at some point, right? And that's there is a, that's the leverage I'm talking about. Sam Presti has leverage on Detroit. Yeah, there is history between those two front offices yeah. because Troy Weaver was a prodigy of yeah. Sam Presti. It's another reason why I like the Denny Obdia Washington trade. Hello. I'm not in on Isaiah Stewart, but is there another piston that they can make a move for? You tell me the Killian Hayes truther during the draft uh, process. <laughs> I don't know who it's, it's, realistically like they're not going to give up Jalen Duran. No, they're. I don't want Joe Harris. Okay, the they're only... not to the Cade point yet, right? No, like, no, no, no. He's been awesome. Even if you overwhelmed him, no. I don't. I don't want to overwhelm them for no. No. Josh Jang five firsts. Would you so would you rather would you rather have if, if the trade package is the exact same, would you rather have Cade or Laurie? Cade. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, like, to my point, we've come up with like three random guys just talking on this pod that we'd rather have than marketing for the trade package. Um the question, I'm not there yet, but I think the only thing that makes sense with Detroit is like assuming the off court stuff goes away. Right. Giddy for Ivy. I think they both Ooh. have the same issues to it to a degree on offense where it's like do they fit what Oklahoma City wants to do? Like Ivy's a great like straight line driver, put pressure on the rim. Um, but do you need more of that when you have dub that does that and Shay does? I think you just need spacing. And I don't trust Ivy as a shooter either. Just like he's better than no. shooter than Josh. But if he's best at putting his head down and driving to the rim, is that what you want on this team? I, I digress, but like the question: if 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 Troy Weaver calls and says, "Hey, now that Josh is cleared, assuming that were to happen, Giddy for for Ivy, would you do it?" I almost say yes, just because you have another year with Ivy compared to with Giddy before the extensions do. True. Does he start? So a little more runway? No. I don't think so. I don't no. think so either. No. What about, I don't think this trade would happen either. Um, same draft class as Josh. This guy's had a renaissance this year. Jalen Suggs for Josh. I oh. think I think a year ago we Sign say. Sign me up. A oh, year yeah. ago, what would you have said? No. Hell, Hell no. no. Hell no. Hell no. You know what I'd say now, Nick? Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. <laughs> If your defense, you want was Anthony Black and Jay Dort, Suggs, Dub, and Ched. Talk about Kaysen. Kay, well, I'm just saying starting five. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But yeah, you had Kaysen, Kaysen in there. You had Kenrit. Dogs, <laughs> dogs, yeah. dogs. All of them, dogs. Got to climb the damn Mortal Combat Tower to score on the Thunder. <laughs> that by that point, that's insane. That would be incredible. Uh, Anthony Black and Josh Giddy on the same team is pretty nasty. I will say, <laughs> pretty nasty. That's true. The the shooting would be not um, great. Well, I guess we should take a break. Yeah, we'll probably so. We're forty five minutes in. Yeah, Nick, do you still want to revisit your demons from last February, or do you want to? If it's worth it, you tell that? me. I don't remember the demons, so yeah, we'll run. Just read read them off real quick. Okay, here we go. Uh, so our guy Nick Crane, this is not to slander you in any way. February of twenty twenty two wrote an article titled "Thunder Trade Deadline: Ten Potential Targets." So let's rewind time in our minds to February of 2022. Where were we? We got Thomas Bryant. 
I don't know where he is now. Denver, maybe? OB Toppin. Okay. Marvin Bagley, mm. when he was a king at that point. How about that? Mm. You are sick for this. James Wiseman had to sneak yeah, that in there. Yes, I did. They're on the same team now. I know. Uh, and Colin Sexton. Not for this team anymore. No. Last, last no. year's team might have been fun. Sabonis. Uh, John Collins. Nope. Out on him now. Yep. Sadiq Bay. Yeah, I would, dude. Sadiq would kill in this offense. Hey, so, somebody mentioned in the chat DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. Expensive. Yeah. Right? He's expensive. Sadiq Always Bay hurt. would literally kill in this offense. He would. Mo Bamba. Just, just, just for that reason, he's always going to be a target. Yeah, PJ Washington. That's a name that just keeps coming up from always. fans. You know, always. Uh, that was all of them. So really, not like I wasn't demons. I thought you were going to. Nah, have it some wasn't bad. Crazy names. I was like, no, oh, here bad. we go. The James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley back to back was was wild. That's but peak. At that's the peak time, Nick. That is at the time, at the time, that was not that insane. Yeah, I mean, with every year that goes by, both those guys' stock drops, drops, drops. There's like hope that you could turn them around. With each year that goes by, it's like maybe not. This was a year. This was almost a year ago. So, yeah. And the Pistons have so many players that have that exact profile of their yeah. stocks just continuing to plummet. Yeah. Stop out there. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go on break at 47 minutes. Here we go. Okay, we're back. Let us quickly. Talk about tomorrow's game that Jacob will be covering for us on this channel. It's against the Clippers. Is it, am I wrong? Is this the first time the Thunder have faced the Clippers this year? Yes, it that's is. Correct. Um, also, the Clippers were blowing out Dallas. It is now a six-point game with two minutes to mm. go. So that's interesting. Luca just. They will be. Uh, JD? Yeah. What are the Clippers on tomorrow? A Sega Baba. Uh, Sega Baba. Hell yes, they are. Um, the Clippers have been, the Clippers have been playing really well as of late. James Harden looks like a NBA player again, and looks like he's uh, in shape again. Russ firmly planted on the bench. Kawhi's been awesome lately. I'm actually a little worried, like not wor- worried in a in a sense of the, the Thunder legitimately could lose tomorrow. It's not like a lot of the games recently where I just think. Oh, the Thunder are probably going to win that game. Like the tomorrow should be a legit. I think challenge being at home and, and the Clippers being old and on a Sega Baba, that's huge. Trend well for OKC. Huge. Nick and I were talking the other night. What are the defensive like matchups to start this game? Because I think that's fascinating. I don't even. So I mean, Kennard started on, or no, sorry, Kawhi Leonard. I put the K and the Leonard <laughs> together. Uh, Kawhi Leonard starts at the three, Zubats at the center, Harden at the two. They started Terrence Mann and the Mere Coffee tonight. Paul no George isn't playing. Paul George isn't playing. Why? I Let's do not see. know. Let's just see. And I'll say this: speaking of Rust, while you're looking it up, uh, Russell Westbrook is a team high plus fifteen off the bench. So please do not slander. He's been good. Uh, Paul um, George illness. Okay. Let's say they have the normal starting five tomorrow, which is no Amir Coffee, but yes to Paul George. Terrence yeah. Mann is their fifth starter. I've which been thinking why? about this. What? I said which why? The yeah. whole Terrence Mann fiasco just blows my mind. Anyways. I think you obviously start Chet on the big. I think you put Dort on Harden. Yeah. Okay. Giddy on Terrence Mann. 
Dub yeah. on Kawhi and Shea on PG. That sounds pretty good. Chet on Zubats, obviously. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to go to the big lineup at some point and have J Will on Zubats and move Chet to like Kawhi or PG, you could. But I think having Shea on PG, Dub on the more physical Kawhi Leonard. And then you just put Dort at the point of attack, as always, on James Harden. I think we could see quite a bit of Kenrich Williams tomorrow. I think that's fair. I've we, also been thinking about that. That leaves the bench lineup as Kaysen versus Russell Westbrook. Yeah. How do you feel about that? It's weird. It is Does, weird. Do you think Russ will bull, like, just like bully the shit out of him? I'm more worried about Norman Powell off the bench. Dude can get buckets. Yeah, he can. Would would you push back if I said Shea on Harden and Dort on no yeah Shea on Harden Dort, Dort on, on Kawhi oh Dub on Kawhi no not necessarily I think I like the them flip flopped more you like Shea because, on Paul yeah just because I think Harden's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot more and I want Dort on that matchup but. This is so, like, it sounds like an NBA Twitter take. Harden's in good shape. He's an NBA player. Harden on the second out of back-to-back? That's fair. I, I don't know how yeah. how scary that he's going to drop 50 because I say this. I don't know how scared I am of back-to-back James Harden. That's fair. Um, I also think James Harden is going to play in way more ball screens than PG is, and I like Dort guarding the ball screen more with Shea fair. off ball defensively more. Yeah, I'm comfortable Nick, with I was most about of this. those switches, too. Yeah, I, I mentioned Kaysen uh, just a second ago. I was thinking about this. You and I earlier today were talking about draft prospects, and your your balls deep in draft coverage all the time. One thing about Kaysen this year, he's been incredible defensively. Mm-hmm. He's been, albeit smaller sample, incredible shooting the ball. Mm-hmm. But as far as creating offense, hasn't done much. Do you think he develops into that? Was that like something that he did much in college? Um, and he's like more simplified in his rookie role in the NBA? Or where would you put that at? Because I'd like to see Kaysen with the ball in his hands more. But even if he like blocks somebody or rips somebody and sprints down the court with the ball, he stops and hands it to Shea or he stops and he hands it to Dub and like goes and plays off ball. Like, do you think there is development there for him to be more of a creator? Or is that just not really his game? No, I mean, he has the ability to do so. I think it's just a function of him being a guy that plays his role and does what he's asked. Like, he had five games in college with nine or more assists. Like, he, oh, wow. he can mm. he can pass the rock. He can self-create. He can do a lot with the ball in his hands. I just think that, unlike a lot of rookies he knows his role and he does what his team needs him to do. I think if, if we would have seen him in the G league, which he's too good for, or if there was a game where Shea was hurt and dub was ill or something where like he has, he has to do it. You would see it a lot more. I don't think we will see it all year unless we have to see it. It's pretty crazy that we don't even have to, we have not seen that yet. We haven't needed to see it yet. And his value is, 
pretty damn high. Like if you were to compare yeah. him with an Alex Caruso at this point from a value standpoint, not insanely far apart to me, especially yeah. if you consider the contract differences there. What yeah. a, I say this a lot, what a luxury. How, how many assists do you think you average in college, Jacob? I have no clue. I don't watch college basketball. Four? Four and a half. Okay. Which is like in college is a lot. Yeah, the college numbers are just much more. It's a lot in college. Like minimized. Yeah. He, he has the passing upside. He has the self-creation upside. He's just really good at doing what the team needs him to do. Back to the Clippers game. Mm-hmm. Flip side matchups. You think it's just Kawhi on Shea all night? Do you think they, they move Kawhi off ball? They, that's kind of what they did last year. I don't think it's Kawhi on Shea all night. I think those Do all you think the Clippers are break. too big and physical that they're going to get OKC out of their rhythm? That is my main concern here. Clippers have been really good, especially defensively. Yeah. Yeah. Like PG is. They got big dudes. I mean, still. when Zubots goes to the bench, they bring in Daniel Tice, who's another really big guy. So I think Jay Will plays a big role in this game. Yeah, he does. This is the kind of game. And Nick, you and I talked about this after the Memphis game. Which, by the way, what a what a first showing by Jaw. Holy shit. The TNT had a hell of a lineup last night. Two incredible games. Josh played good against the Kings, bad against the Nuggets, good against the Grizzlies. And I think the two common themes in the good games was the hustle, the intensity, and the physicality. If they want to win against the Clippers, they have to have the Josh Giddy that is crazy physical and is fighting for every rebound and like sticking his nose uh, in every drive and trying to strip the ball and trying to block shot. Like they need physical, aggressive Josh Giddy if they want a chance to win tomorrow. Which I do find less likely against uh, this Clippers team with how they're how they're built. So many big wings, like big strong wings. I don't know if this is the team for him to do that, but maybe he'll kind of rise to the occasion, knowing that he's playing against a team that is highly physical. That's maybe what. Will... That's I think that's what he has to do. I think so too. He's I the same that... size as Kawhi. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. He is. Giddy. Oh. Like measure like yeah. height wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Height. Chet, Chet is the height. X factor to me. There, he could he could play just as far as like rim protection or uh, as far as uh, being a mismatch. I think out there, right? Yes, uh, getting like Zubots out of the paint. Yeah. Zubots get him out of the yeah. I can play him off the court. I I think. Yeah, that that'll be the. I think we see a lot of. Small? Oh yeah, I think we see a lot of Tice minutes though tomorrow. I I think Tice is a legitimate pickup for them. Yeah, this season like he's he's, he's, solid. he's solid. Clippers did win one twenty one eleven. Yeah. Okay. Um, some quick stats: Kawhi Leonard had thirty. On 12 of 22, only one of six from three. Uh, Harden had 17 on four of 12. Russ had 10, six, and three, if I'm reading this right. Two steals. Uh, like Nick mentioned, a plus 15. Norm Powell, a plus 16. 21 points on seven of 10. He's good. He's real good. Three rebounds, two assists. The steal. difference could be his impact off the Vince versus Isaiah Joe. Zubots and Tice combined for. 23 points and uh, 11 rebounds and three assists. Not bad. Not bad. That'll be a fun game. It being a Sega Baba gives me 
more hope. I kind of wish I hadn't predicted the L knowing it was a Sega Baba, but both of you have L's tomorrow. I have a W. Yeah. Interesting to see what happens. I think it's a great test. Yeah. I think so too. I think so too. Um, hey, who did they play on? Uh, who, who did they play over the weekend? Lakers. The Thunder are giving the Lakers a Christmas gift, and it's a pile of shit. <laughs> you just, you, you set me up for that sounder. I did. How dare you? Yep, I did. Um, okay. Anything else? Would you, you Silva, would you change? You can't. This is not part of the rules, and we're not allowing you to. Would you change your prediction for tomorrow night if you could today? Oh, yeah. Okay. I would. But it's cool. But it's a personal win. I think I, I will also be at that game. So you think it's tomorrow? You better know. I will. Well, look, my mind's in a whirlwind. Work's been a lot. I don't know. I barely know what day it is. Is it Tuesday? Is it Friday? I don't know. But I'll be there. None of the above. None of the above. <laughs> I'll be there. Got some free tickets. Oh, nice. cool. All right. We're out of here. Take us home. I like talking about trades that don't involve uh, a, a team that's tanking. That's fun. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Seconds. Well, thank you all for listening, uh, joining us in the live stream, listening afterwards. Uh, we will be back tomorrow talking about the Clippers game that hopefully ends in a victory. We'll not be here on Sunday. Merry Christmas to you all. If you celebrate, we'll be back next Wednesday. I believe that's our next major show. How that's correct. Next Wednesday. That'll be a great time. Um, until then, though, adios and thunder up.